But I can't, cannot wait to bring the word to you this morning. And I believe God's presence is here. And, and where the Holy Spirit's presence is, we can receive His word without you know, any um, obstacles or any challenges that we put up. I encourage you, if there are still some, that you know, you've got some things in your mind that are um, inhibiting you from entering into His presence, can I encourage you to just allow that to, to fade away right now as you receive God's Word because it is powerful and it is precious and I truly believe that it changes hearts and lives. And this morning, I want to continue preaching about kingdom uniform. We spoke about kingdom Uniform, And I want to go a little bit into detail of what this kingdom uniform is all about. And why are we talking about kingdom uniform? What's he even talking about? Kingdom uniform, what? I've never heard anything like it. Well, let me share from the words of Jesus himself. In Matthew eleven twelve. 12, it says this, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Another translation, actually the Amplified Bible says it this way. From the days of John the Baptist until now, mostly similar as far as the first version, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault and the violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. What could be more precious than God's kingdom and God's rule being established on this earth, for justice to truly reign, for justice not to just reign amongst Christians in our small communities, but for justice to reign in the places where injustice seems to rule and reign, where His mercy and His grace is um, a revelation for people, young and old, in nations, in the untouched regions of nations, where Nobody would remember them but God. What could be more precious than His precious kingdom being established on this earth through the miracle of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross by dying on the cross for us and giving us an opportunity to enter into a relationship with Him. Nothing can be more precious than that. We are called to have a violent or a forceful approach towards advancing the kingdom of God. You and I are called to do that. Now, this verse is not speaking, obviously, of physical violence, right? Physical violence, not at all, but rather violence in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual realm, and being forceful through prayer and action, right? We believe in our prayer life that when we ask God, God, would you... Would you open blind eyes? Because there's a spiritual battle that goes on. Can you open up the blind eyes so that when I do speak, when I actually take action and share Jesus Christ, it wouldn't fall on deaf ears, but it would be received because there is a spiritual battle. And we go forward with prayer and with action. So I want to continue talking about the violent or forceful approach we take towards the kingdom of God. I want to continue focusing in on that. I want to teach us how to prepare ourselves to win a battle that is being fought 
in the unseen. Okay, whether you are aware of it or not, there is a battle that is very real in the unseen. Jesus prayed, and we want to learn from Jesus, that you should keep them from the evil one. Where is this evil one? Well, evidence suggests when you put on your TV, when you're, you, know, you come to, to terms of what is happening here and there, in many different places, you realize that there is an evil one because there is injustice and there is uh, a blindness, or a spiritual blindness that is, uh, you know, I guess it's, 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 it's poured out on many. We're praying, God, let us win this spiritual warfare to be able to allow people to see truth. Jesus prayed that prayer. Praise God. Now, praise God, church. That as I said last week, we are given instructions on how to overcome Satan. Satan can be overcome, and we are told how. As we continue to purpose in our heart to partner with God in building his church. Amen? Because let's, 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 let's remember, this life is not just about my next financial accomplishment. It's not bad to be a good steward of your finance and all that. It's not about my next you know, aspiration of my career progression. Right? That's good as well. But just remember to seek ye first the kingdom. There is a priority in our mindset before anything else that we do. And everything that we do has meaning because we are seeking his kingdom first. There's my motivation. There's what inspires me every day to be a motivated individual in whatever area of life because, Lord, I'm seeking your kingdom first. Now, let me give you some context of this spiritual warfare that I'm talking about because I want you to understand from God's word what the Bible says. In Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, kingdom uniform, yeah, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, it's an important, important therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Okay, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the English Standard Version says it this way in verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. This morning, I want to focus on the belt of truth. And now here's the thing. If we don't kind of get a revelation of what this belt of truth is all about, it can actually seem like uh, a kid's nursery song or rhyme, put your, you know, shod your feet with the gospel of peace, put your belt of truth on, put your, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, by faith, we put on this armor. What are you even talking about? So I want us this morning 
to get a revelation of what it means to put the belt of truth on. Because I think there's so much power in understanding and having knowledge of your godly resources. Understanding that you are not powerless in this spiritual warfare, but you are more than a conqueror. And I'm going to share some amazing thoughts, but let me start by saying belts are a key piece of my wardrobe. Are they yours? Right? I feel weird without one. Actually, question, have you ever left home and then realized something is different and it come, you come to realize, oh, I forgot to put my belt on, right? I have anyway. It's a bit weird. It's like something's missing. It's like wearing dirty socks. Can't do it. Something's not right. Unless, of course, when you're not wearing your belt, it reminds you that you're losing weight. And your pants are like, you know, you've you're nonstop got to pull up your pants. I mean, that's a good thing, right? That's positive. But there is one type of belt that every Christian should wear. Every Christian. It's the belt of truth. Okay? And a key piece of our spiritual armor. Now, in order for you to understand what kind of belt I'm talking about, I think it's important to understand what the Apostle Paul was seeing, right, when he was inspired to write this passage. What was he actually seeing? The Apostle Paul most likely wrote Ephesians while he was uh, under home arrest in Rome. So it is commonly believed that Paul took inspiration from the clothing and armor. Actually, yes, there it is. The clothing and armor he saw his guard wearing each day as he wrote this letter. Isn't that cool? So he's looking at the armor and he's drawing on inspiration of our armor in Christ. And, and so it's important to know that because it helps us get a visual of what Paul was looking at each day. The belt, church. The belt was a crucial piece of clothing for a Roman soldier. Okay, It's more than just the cool Calvin Klein belts that we have today. No, no. This, this had a lot more meaning to it. Military tunics were long, and they would hang like a dress without a belt. Okay, so you can imagine that, right? Now listen to this. This is important that you get this, because this is quite powerful. Augustus was known to have symbolically punished centurions by making them stand at attention outside his tent without wearing their belts. So you'd almost feel like, I guess in a way, you almost feel like you're naked. You're standing there naked without that belt. That belt has meaning. It's important. And it was humiliating for a soldier to be seen without their belt. Now what I want to do is I want to draw on some powerful examples of what Paul is seeing while looking at armor. He's looking at it. He's thinking about the belt. Some powerful examples that we can draw upon. Satan, like Augustus, I don't know if I've said that right, understands the importance of your belt. He understands how important it is that you wear your belt. The belt of what? Truth. He understands. However, unlike Augustus, 
Satan cannot prevent us from wearing our belt. He's Augustus flexing his power. Come and stand without your belt. Satan can't do that. The problem, church, often lies with us. We forget to put the belt of truth on. Opening ourselves up to accusations, scrutiny, humiliation, discouragement, and lies of the devil. You're standing there with that long robe, without that belt. Satan knows exactly what that belt means. And some of us, we forget to put it on. And this is what the Bible says. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So don't take it from me that his agenda is to rip you down, kill, steal, and destroy. But he knows that that belt of truth, when you wear it, you're wearing truth. And you can recognize what a lie is. You can recognize what discouragement looks like or humiliation or scrutiny because truth is around my waist. I understand God's truth. The lies of the enemy, the wiles of the devil, are targeted at those without the belt of truth. You become a target when you're not wearing the belt of truth. I forgot to put the belt of truth on. Suddenly, the lure of sin becomes stronger than ever. Have you ever had that moment? And whatever that sin might look like for you, it might be gossip, it might be lust, it might be pornography, it might be a whole bunch of different things that sometimes come up and distract us, but I forgot to put my belt on. The lure of sin is more appealing, right? I forgot that the belt of truth reminds me, and I love this couple of verses in Job 20, 12. It says, Though evil is sweet in his mouth, and he hides it under his tongue, though he spares it and does not forsake it, but still keeps it in his mouth, yet his food in his stomach turns sour. It becomes cobra venom within him. See, truth will remind you, as long as I'm wearing it, as long as it's on, the consequence of sin, the reality of walking away from God and doing it my own way. And like I said, the meaning of this passage, a couple of verses, will mean something different to each of you in this room. But the point is, don't leave home without your belt. Don't forget your belt. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom, seeking whom he may devour. Who is the whom he may devour? Who is that? Who is he talking about? It's definitely not the vigilant. The Bible says be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant. It's not the vigilant because they are keeping careful watch for possible danger or difficulties. They're vigilant. Perhaps the whom he may devour are those who don't wear the belt of truth. Become that target. Become 
easy targets. Other translations of Ephesians 6.14 says this, having girded your loins with truth, having girded your loins with truth. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Gerald Peterman explains in the Moody Bible Commentary, in the ancient world, listen to this, girding oneself is done in preparation for strenuous activity. Okay? Thus, in an errant world, it is foundational to be girded with God's truth, that word that He has proclaimed. It means making your tu- tucking your tunic into your belt and getting ready for action. In other words, church, don't be caught off guard. Your belt is not a trivial thing. Oh, it doesn't really matter. It matters. Don't forget the belt of truth. Put it on. Whether you are aware of it or not, spiritual warfare is real. It is real. And I'm teaching us how to prepare ourselves to win a battle that is being fought in the unseen. Don't forget to put your belt on. Don't leave home without your belt. I encourage you. Can I encourage you with this? Meditate and memorize Scripture. I can't tell you how many times in my life a a verse, just a verse or a couple verses, has been my absolute help in times of need. And you know what? The the, the crazy thing is, is sometimes it's like a daily go-to, a daily confession. My da- well, the Bible is our daily bread. But the point is, sometimes there are moments in my life, seasons, where I park myself in a passage in the Bible. And it takes some time for my brain and my heart to catch up to God's truth. Because sometimes, let's face it, our feelings and our thought life let us down. True? I believe this, I believe this, and yet I'm feeling this. Uh, Lord, I, I, this, is, this is what your word says, and yet I'm feeling, my thoughts are saying this. But meditate, memorize Scripture. Understand that it, sometimes it's a process of time before it takes deep root within you. And then the enemy knows, oh, bummer. He's got his belt of truth on, and it's ingrained, it's deep. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's gone right through bone marrow. It's gone right through the inner parts of who I am. This truth reigns in my heart. It reigns in my mind now. It's not an option enemy, because I understand truth. Meditate, memorize. This is how you apply putting on the belt of truth. Does that make sense? It's not just, what does that mean? Put a belt of truth. It means, know your scripture. Don't be content with being pushed around and being tormented by the devil. Trying to accomplish what God has set out for you to accomplish, but I'm constantly distracted by this thought life. I'm constantly distracted by my unforgiveness that I haven't repented of and and forgiven those who have hurt me. I'm distracted by bitterness. I'm distracted 
by accusations that I have towards so-and-so and so on and so forth. Point is, what does Scripture say about that? Park yourself. Make camp. Take your tent pegs out. For the next season of my life, I am going to park in this passage of Scripture. And until this brain, this heart, this whole body catches up to what God's Word says, I will stay here. I will stay here. Amen? Apply. This is the application. The, the truth overcomes the wiles of the devil. That's the truth. Put truth on. Don't leave home without it. Okay? Now let's talk about the next pretty cool thing about the armor or, or the belt. The next picture. Okay? So often the simple leather belt was covered with ornate plates and buckles. And uh, apron consisting of one to nine straps was typically attached as well. So you can see the things hanging, yeah? The straps hung down from the belt in front and were often decorated with metal studs that would jingle with movement. Now listen to this. This is very cool. This next part of what I'm about to read. I bet when citizens heard that jingle, they would react like we do when we hear the siren of a police car. What's your reaction when you hear the siren? Is it like mine? My speed limit. No. I'm okay. I'm okay. It's not me. <laughs> and then you pity the poor soul who's, you know, and trust me, it's been me on many occasions. Never Joe. I don't know how that works. I'm, I'm a better driver, church. Please believe me. But she's never lost a point. Trace, I feel guilty right now talking about this. Listen, here's what I want to draw out from that. Truth, truth is noisy, okay? This belt has elements to it that make a noise. Your belt of truth is noisy in both the seen and unseen, okay? In the physical and the spiritual world, there is a noise that your belt makes, Listen to this, Matthew 21, 12, Jesus comes in and says, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. That's a little bit noisy, don't you think? He's driving out what is not meant to be in the temple and overturned the tables in the money changers, uh, sorry, of the money changers and the, and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. It's kind of noisy, this truth. He's wearing, we wear a belt that isn't like I said, a Calvin Klein belt. There, is, there are elements that are making noise. This was a noisy demonstration by Jesus of truth being forcefully advanced on this earth. I'm not okay with this. This is not to be done in the house of prayer. And I will not tolerate this. And in fact, I want to pick up tables and... Amazing, right? Quite an amazing scene. And if you've ever seen it in, in some of the, in the movies or whatever, Jesus asserting truth abruptly, not so kindly, 
well, the kindest actually way of any truth being shared, but not exactly towards those who think kindness has got to be just soft and cuddly, kiss you on the cheek. The noisiness of truth, listen to me, it disrupts the status quo. It does. Without truth, there is no righteousness. Without truth, sin reigns. Without truth, there is no justice. There is none. Without truth, there is no salvation. Jesus said clearly in John 14, 6, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's noisy. The truth, Jesus, is noisy. We need to receive that into our spirit for a moment. Jesus is not meant to be hidden. Truth is noisy. The noisy belt I wear reminds me, it reminds me as I walk about in my day, carrying out my business, it reminds me that I'm called to disrupt the status quo when it becomes evil. I need to do something about it. I need to say something about it. I'm called to speak up against injustice. See yourself just like that Roman soldier walking into a place that alerts injustice. When you walk in, injustice hears you walking in with that belt. It's making noise. I'm not okay with this. There's a noise that happens in the physical, but there's also a noise that happens in the spiritual world, in the unseen. Jesus' presence was incredibly noisy in the spiritual realm. Very, very noisy, like deafening. Demons identified who he was without him saying anything. Speak of noise, speak of volume, turned right up. In Matthew 8.28, it says this, When he had come to the other side, to the country of the, and I can't say that word, somebody help me. Yeah, I find that difficult. <laughs> I'm just making sure you're all paying attention. <laughs> when he came, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. Okay, so, so this is intimidating. And suddenly they cried out saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Jesus, he just turns up. And the demons are tormented. There's a noise. There's a noise. There's a truth. Has a noise. In the physical, but also in the spiritual. And we see that from Jesus. The noisiness of Jesus, who is what? He is truth. Truth was and is deafening to the principalities and powers of the spiritual atmosphere. 
right now. This is why we pray in the name of who? In the name of who? We pray in the name of Jesus because we know that there is power in His name. We know that what was the case when He walked the earth? Demons tormented at His very presence without Him even speaking or uttering a word. What was the case is still the case today. And now here's what's incredible. Please don't miss this. Let's talk about us for a moment. Let's talk about that belt of truth that is noisy. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but who lives in me? Christ lives in me. It's a game changer, church. Suddenly, I'm walking around having a revelation of who walks in me, with me. Is not just me, little old me, fending off. Terrible old devil. No. Jesus. No longer I who live, but Jesus lives in me. The same Jesus that walked the earth, that tormented demons. I love the flip side. You know, often the demons are tormenting. And yet when Jesus comes, what have you, what have you come here for? To torment us? Absolutely. Listen to this verse, Romans 8.11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in who? In us. His Spirit dwells in us. I'm talking about this amazing story of Jesus being noisy in the physical, boldly, not afraid, and noisy in the spiritual, unseen world, and I'm reminding us, or maybe for the first time you're hearing this, that the same power that lived in Jesus lives in you. Your noisy belt of truth, your noisy belt of truth, is deafening to the rulers of darkness of this age. It hurts. Don't come into the room. You're tormenting me. It's, a, it's, it's flipping it, isn't it? I want to finish with a couple last thoughts. Clearly, a Roman soldier's belt, and this is the next one. Sorry, it's not the greatest visual, right? Was not only functional, but it was also decorative, okay? It was an important symbol of his identity. Even in, um, even in undress uniform, without armor or helmet, the belted tunic marked a man out as a soldier. I just love that. I'll stop there for a moment. Even without me doing anything for Christ. I'm not doing anything and yet I'm marked out wearing this belt as God's belonging. 
The belt was a status symbol and set the soldier apart and would have been worn even when the soldier wasn't on duty. Like the Roman soldier's belt, your belt of truth sets us apart. Remember what I said last week? I talked about the uniform being worn, the enemy being able to identify who you are by you wearing your uniform. And of course, I used one of the repetitive jokes that I do in this church about my Penrith Panthers uniform, right? It never gets old for me, especially when we're on the top of the ladder. Had to break it to Wayne today. He almost cried because Brisbane's second. I love you, Wayne. (laughs) Just as it identifies me of who I'm with, who I support, when you put your belt on, the enemy is able to identify who you are, who you belong to. This belt of truth is recognizable by the devil. Believe me. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this, For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You were bought at a price. You belong to him. I'm wearing my belt. Enemy, I belong to Christ. I'm with him. Listen to this verse, John 10, 28. And I give them eternal life. Let me encourage you with this. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. No one can snatch you out of the hand of God. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Powerful. Powerful. When I do feel like the assault of the enemy is attempting to torment me, hang on a second, nobody, nothing can snatch snatch me out of the palm of his hand. I wear this belt. It identifies who I am. It sets me apart. I'm with the King of Kings. Truth is foundational to our identity in Christ. Please understand that. Foundational. It's not something to let pass by in your heart or in your mind. It's foundational. I've got one more picture, and I'm going to have the worship team. <laughs> Bit of a change of... Uh, Seen, isn't it? John Cena. Oh, actually, I was going to say that was my photo that I took. Joe took it last night. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I wish, right? Because that's an impressive individual right there. But what I love about John and his posture is does that look like a man on the defense? Or does that look like a man moving forward in confidence knowing who he is. Now, of course, John is boasting in his own strength and his own ability to conquer his opponent. And he's, I'm a worthy champion, and this is the belt that I have to prove it. But I kind of feel like we can learn something from the posture of this man. Your belt, it represents the champion, Jesus Christ, who won over sin and death, who defeated 
disease, who defeated infirmity, who dis- defeated torment. And I, 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 I lift that belt. I wear that belt. I'm, I walk forward with that belt. No, no, no. This is who I am. I'm identified by the king. I'm set apart by the king. This is who I am. Jesus, champion. When we look at the belt of truth, we can't help but see who? Jesus. Jesus. You're seeing Jesus, devil. That's why when I come into a room, it's very noisy for you. It's a clanging belt. It's making a lot of noise. He is the truth we need every single day. Every single day. And you know what? What I love about this is when you get a revelation of who you are in Christ, that you are called by Him, set apart, that you have authority through Him. You're not powerless. You're not this dummy being pushed around, hit around. When you get that revelation, the truth, you know what it does? It makes you bold as a lion. We take on the characteristic, characteristics of our Savior, who Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. I walk with my belt on confidently. I know who I am. Can I have the worship team come up and just join me for a moment?